0: Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent, documentary, and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Theo Anthony is a writer, photographer, and filmmaker whose films have premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival the Locarno International Film Festival, and others. His first feature was called Rat Film, and it was released by Cinema Guild in 2017. And he's here today to talk about a new documentary film called Subject to Review. It takes a close look at not just the technology, but the different aspects of a of what we've come to know. in. If you watch tennis, if you watch a lot of sports now, you are aware of the... uh, technology the imaging that is done on a field of play in order to determine whether something is foul or fair or or strikes or balls or in or out and that is the subject uh, of the film subject to review it specifically focuses on tennis and uh, we're joined today again by the director of the film called uh, subject to review theo anthony theo thank you so much for being here on film school Thanks for having me. So, uh, Theo, tell me a little bit about this. This is a very interesting documentary film. This is part of the Thirty for Thirty on ESPN the, uh, that uh, they've been doing for quite some time now, and it is about this technology that that is now in. Obviously, it's been around tennis for quite some time. I think we're all used to it, uh, and. Uh, but it is, you've managed to make it into something very interesting and almost poetic in the way that you approach doing the film. But uh, have you always been interested in this subject, or was this something that you were approached and asked to do? How did this come to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I really appreciate that, because it you know, can definitely be a, a dry and technical topic. But I, I find it interesting, so it's nice to hear other people <laughs> agree. Um, yeah, so originally I was approached by ESPN to do a 30 for 30, and um, I originally pitched a uh, a, show, a more general documentary about, like, the history of instant replay. I was, I was really interested in how um, innovations in video technology changed our relationship to viewing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as we got uh, deeper in on the project, we realized that it was a much more interesting and effective strategy to just really hone in on uh, this one specific uh, case of Hawkeye and tennis. Um, I think, as you saw, it's something that seems really simple, but the closer you look at it, um, the more interesting it gets
0: yeah, in the film, uh, subject to review, we see literally kind of the minutiae of uh, a tennis tournament when they're prepping uh, for the uh, broadcast, when they're prepping for the match. there is a a real kind of elaborate kind of enterprise that takes place in order to make sure that this technology is calibrated correctly, which I thought was fascinating. and 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 also one one last thing um, and that is, the margins of error, which is the space where mm-hmm. we we can disagree or agree to disagree about about the ins and outs of of a, in a tennis match. So, as you were getting into the subject of this technology, were you aware of just how intricate it is in terms of setting it up and and all the things that are attached to it?
1: Uh, I love shooting at like public events, uh, you know, sporting events and uh, anything that's going to be televised. I think. When you go and you're a spectator live, you realize how much infrastructure there is around the edges. Um, you know, there's uh, there's lighting designers, there's AV people, there's janitors, there's concession people, there's cater you know, catering. It's 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 amazing the amount of like effort that goes into producing this spectacle. And as a viewer, you're told to really only focus on this super super narrow slice. And I think that. Um, you know, our strategy is that I think that there's just as much, if not more drama on, on the margins, not on the edges. And I think it just requires, um, for you as a, as a, as an onlooker to, to, to position yourself a little differently. And so that was, that was really our strategy going in. And, you know, we had done our research as much as possible about, um, you know, the, we got all the schedules, we got all like the blueprints. We, we knew the, the, the schedule of the day and made sure that we were there every step of the way. Um, but I was, you know, I was, I even though I knew what was coming I was just so um, blown away by like the precision and uh, professionalism that you know everyone brings to these uh, to the scene
0: yeah and how every day in a manner of speaking is a whole nother um, uh, dance that's done by the the people who are operating the technologies around these around tennis but I, I think as you're talking about around the world of sports and whatever whatever athletic endeavor it might be. But let's step back and talk a little bit about Hawkeye and how it came into existence and how it's been refined yeah. over the years.
1: Yeah, so, so Hawkeye um, is a, you know, for those people who, 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 who like me, aren't tennis fans, um, Hawkeye is a system of uh, 10 cameras that are placed around the court. They all film the court. Uh, using these 10 different camera angles, shooting at a, at a high frame rate, usually in the range of like 150 frames per second, by compiling all the images and compositing the data, you're able to track with a very high degree of precision where the ball is. And so from there, it goes two different ways. One, um, it's uh, visualized into a uh, 3D simulation that's shown on, on the network as a way to bring in audiences and show people where the ball bounced. And then the other really interesting thing is that it's actually used um, in cases of challenges to check the authority of the uh, the chair umpire. So if there's a call in the court that a that a player might disagree with, they get two two opportunities per set to challenge the call. And at what at that point, it's almost like you're appealing your your uh, the ruling in your case, and it gets passed up a court of appeals. And the, the Supreme Court in tennis is Hawkeye, so. Using these systems, they determine whether the ball was in or out, and that's the final call. So after that, there's no challenging Hawkeye or anything. Hawkeye is the has the final decision uh, of what happens on the court.
0: And in in the film, in your film, subject to review, we we see that the te- how the technology came into play it goes back to a, a, a match. I think I think that's the impetus was the uh, Serena Williams, uh, Jennifer Capriati. Match back it was a U.S. Open, I believe. Had the impact it had, how the call was obviously wrong, and then it sort of, I'm sure, spurred uh, a, a a real push for this technology to come and be a part of more a part of the of the actual um, matches moving forward. So we see that part of it. Yeah, but, absolutely. So was, yeah, go, go, ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, please. Go ahead.
1: I was going to say that was, that was in 2004, and um, the I mean, the interesting thing about that is. You know the, the the technology was originally brought in to be like a, a broadcast aid. It was you know meant to help use, co- like, for commentators to use to help illustrate their point. It mm-hmm. wasn't meant to be used in any judicial function. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Jennifer Capriotti-Serena uh, Williams match that you're referring to was this really interesting case where you had five different calls go against Serena Williams and really crucial points of the match. We only show one in the film, but it was one of five different calls um, that really cost her the match. And it was an interesting moment because Hawkeye was being used, and it very clearly showed that that the that the chair umpire was wrong. But it was like inadmissible evidence. There was no protocol to bring this evidence into the court, and so you have this really interesting tension there, where you have this new way of seeing that the institution refuses to recognize, and that sets up something really interesting. And uh, you know that sets the tone for to a lot of the other questions in the film of like uh, you know. No, Obviously, no one wants there to be injustice in the world, but, you know, what do you do with that feeling and, and when, when have we gone too far?
0: Yeah. And also, it sets in motion these questions of this kind of delicate balance between the human factor in sports and in judging calls and the technology that's increasingly becoming part of of what we have come to accept as part of sports. And I'm thinking of the strike yeah, zone. With the strike zone is is eminent is is very close to being implemented. Uh, a uh, a a sort of a Hawkeye version of of the strike zone in baseball is is now being tested in minor leagues. So we're we're approaching more and more of these technologies as an aid. But this, but we also have this human factor, which I, I that's the thing that I find that one of the more interesting aspects of subject to review is. That that balance, that dance, that's being done now.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely. I mean, I think the dance is, and it's like yeah, absolutely the right, the right work. We we watch sports, or at least I do. You know, for um, drama and you know watching humans play. If we wanted to see a perfectly executed match, we just watch you know, two computers played Pong against each other. Um, we, watch, we watch for these moments of failure and for these lapses or for these miraculous plays. And that's what sets up the drama. And, you know, Hawkeye is not taking that away, but, you know, you, I think you really do lose something, you know, in, in baseball when you don't have, um, you know, when, when you just have a, 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 an umpire who spent his entire life, you know, immersed in baseball and has so, so specialized for this one role uh, You know, now being replaced by you know a walkie-talkie in his ear that he's you know just he's essentially a glorified micro like a, a microphone um, yeah. where he just is used to like puppet the, the 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 role that he's done in the past and I think it's it's kind of sad because it's like if you look at what <laughs> a lot of people would argue that maybe they just kind of feel like puppets of their technology anyways today and I think that. It's really important to kind of co-evolve with our technology and find ways to live together because, you know, I think these machines could find a way to live better without us, uh, (laughs) you know, at some point in time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you know, I would phrase the, the role of the umpire as a glorified town crier in a manner of speaking. Exactly. And, and yeah, yeah, and although there is still some things that I think will be beyond the realm of, of, of technology to decide, it is that. And also, and I don't know if you want to weigh in on this question, but I, I also think there's something intrinsically interesting and involving about human error in making calls. I, I think that, I don't. I don't think it's a bad. I mean, I guess if, if if my team lost because of a bad bad call, I would be upset and I would say it was wrong. But I also think that there is something. We're human beings playing these sports. If as you said, if it was computers playing pong, it would be okay, It wouldn't. It wouldn't be acceptable for there to be a wrong call because there's no. There, there's. It shouldn't happen. But the. But we're mm-hmm. human beings playing very humanizing activities. So what's wrong with a bad call once in a while? I, I, I don't know if that if, is that. Yeah, I think. Go ahead.
1: No, I think, I think that's exactly it. And I think, you know, it's I think there's a lot of evidence to suggest that, you know, it, like, for, for example, with, with Hawkeye, they've actually shown that the introduction of Hawkeye has made uh, human line keeping more accurate. Like the knowledge that humans, um, the, the knowledge that humans are, are being watched and, you know, that they could be challenged has actually made them improve. Um, their line calling. Mm. Now, I feel a little bit ambiguous about that, because I don't necessarily like using technology as a keratin and stick for improving human output. Um, But at least in terms of like an accuracy perspective, I think, you know, that's important to note. Um, I think that, yeah, you know, I think that we need to understand that nothing, that any measurement is always, there is no absolute measurement, there is no absolute truth that we're going to reach with these with these things and I think that so long as we are in good faith and that at minimizing injustice and minimizing these things to the best of our abilities um, and also having conversations that if we if we optimize for accuracy what are we losing along the way because I think we so often with you know tech with technological determinism or just you know these where everything is a is every you have this hammer and everything starts to look like a nail you know, we don't really compute or take account for the things that we lose. And I think that if you look at, you know, if we forget for a second that we're even watching sports and that, you know, there's all these money on the line, if We just talk about it purely from a, a viewership perspective, I think that, you know, you wouldn't want to go to a play and have all the, the costumes, you know, gone and all the set decorations gone. And I think that that's what a lot of this stuff brings. There's so much theatricality in sports. And from the uniforms to the protocols to all these really conservative, like, you know, uh, shows of you know the gratitude towards authority. It's just you know, it's a very theatrical thing where we're playing a lot, a lot more. It's a uh, you know, people attach a lot of metaphor to these things. They see you know political narratives in the outcome of sports games. Sometimes they just want to remember like you know times they'd had you know with their parents or something. You know, there's there's so many yeah. things we bring to sports. We think it's really important to understand that it's a, about a lot more than just whether a ball was in or out. And I think that. Well, all I would advocate for is to make space for that indeterminacy and not try to suppress it or eliminate it.
0: You're exactly right. And I think you, in addition to the tradition, but also one of the things that is a, a constant in sort of promoting sports is the humanity of it. The, the character building, the, 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 uh, the cooperation, teamwork the human qualities that come along with an athletic endeavor, your your determination to win, your perseverance, all of these things are very humanizing. And I understand the impulse to want to get everything right. It's great. But also, yeah, I, just what you said, I, I couldn't agree more. We need to remember that we are flawed and our endeavors are flawed and we need to, uh, we need to take that as a humanizing factor in all of this. So somewhere in here, somewhere yeah. in the... What two millimeters of of uh, error, uh, possible error in in this technology? So, we hit in that space, we need to find our humanity.
1: That brings up something that we were talking about at the beginning of the conversation: is that this isn't really uh, about tennis. Um, I don't, I don't want to put out the idea that this is a, a takedown of Hawkeye in any way. No. I think that this is um, just a close reading of just like what it means like to be human and measuring anything is that. These are inescapable facts of, you know, being a material body. Like there is, you know, we're wet, we're fuzzy, we're indeterminate. <laughs> and I think that any any measurement system we have can't like, you know, pretend that that doesn't exist. And I, I don't, you know, I don't think Hawkeye is, you know, they, they're well aware of this, but, you know, it, this film could have, would have been made about any company that is trying to make a, a, a call. And I think that it's important to, to know about these things and to learn these things because, you know, they're they're not God. They're not the state. These are these are things that have you know, take it outside the realm of sports for a second. These are you know, these are things that have effects on our everyday life, and we can't pretend yeah. like they're natural uh, things. We have to, you know, really. I, I I'm a big fan of like just teaching people like, you know, to, to, to these critical thinking exercises. Exactly. Of of, of, of taking something that looks uh, really obvious and. You break it up and you realize that it's actually pretty arbitrary. And I, that's my favorite kind of, um, Exercise to do. Yeah,
0: well, it is a terrific. I, I, my congratulations to you on just how you approach this. I love the opening. I love the sort of the we see the the, the person who's doing the narration, the voiceover for it for it. And it sort of introduces us into that human element, and we're they're, you're talking to them about you know what your what their approach should be in reading it, and there's a little bit of back and forth on that, and then we get into it pushes us into that story of. This is a technology that goes back to a bet that had to do with horses, whether or not their hooves completely (laughs) left the ground at any point during a stride. And then we are here today. And I don't want to make this, you know, 1984-ish, but we're also it's it's just something about, you know, facial recognition technology. There's a lot of things that are happening around us that we are kind of the frogs in the boiling water. Water a little bit, and I and I'm, and I'm maybe I am going too far and extrapolating all this, but there is something to be. The question needs to be asked. I guess that's the question that is uh, yeah. what I'm posing. Is. I would
1: say you're not. I don't. I don't think. I don't think you're going too far at all. I'm not. You know, making a statement on it's not about are these things good or bad. I think it's just. You know, do you even understand what these things are? And you know, do you under—do we understand how they work? And you right. know, when you start talking about you know big data or you know these infrastructures of algorithms that are you know more and more structuring our everyday life, the big issue is that we don't know what they are, and we don't—they're acting us on us in ways that we don't understand, um, in ways that we cannot even see, and that, that is that's a real problem, right. you know, and especially that you know a lot of these. Um, you know these corporate interests, like their business model, is to keep us in the dark, and I think that that's 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 a real problem. You know, if you are if you are keeping people in ignorance as your business plan, that is a problem. And so I think you know the the most we can do in this situation right now is just like really learn as much as possible we can um, about what's happening and, and and try to have an honest and accountable conversation for for what happens next.
0: I could not agree more. The film, again, is subject to review. It's going to be broadcast on ESPN. Check it out. 30 for 30 is just a remarkable television series about all aspects of sports, and it's been on the air for a number of years. Just a terrific series, and I'm so grateful you were able to find some time to spend with us here on uh, Film School Radio. Thank you, Theo.
1: Thank you so much for having me.